In case you haven't listened to part one of Emily Bridges' interview, I'll give you a recap of what we talked about and let you get to know Emily. In part one, Emily gave us a great overview of the LGBTQ spectrum and the meaning of gender. In part two, we'll continue our conversation and learn about social stigmas, historical perspectives, and feeling comfortable with who you are. Here's a little more about Emily. She's a licensed clinical social worker and board-approved supervisor with experience in individual, couples, and alternate relationships therapy. She also has extensive training in treating sexual issues as well as more generalized psychotherapy. Her specific passion is helping folks sort through questions about identity and orientation. Emily is a native Austinite and earned her MSSW from the University of Texas at Austin. Prior to opening a private practice, she worked in inpatient and outpatient psychiatric hospital programs. Since starting her practice in 2011, she has focused on providing care to adults navigating life stressors. In addition, she is a proud member of the LGBTQIA community and is committed to providing support to fellow members. Most importantly, Emily's toy poodle mix, Truett, often joins her at the office to snooze the workday away. So if you, you know, there's such a social stigma about these types of things. I mean, I've, I've talked a lot about social stigma for mental health, but this is something that I think is just on another level um, when it comes to what we accept and what we don't accept. And I think, you know, a, a lot of people don't live in an accepting place. So what do you, um, what do you think about people who may feel uh, this way, but live in a uh, society or a culture that doesn't have any kind of support system around that. And then what are some things that, you know, you've seen happen with, um, or, or, or trends that you see with those people growing up, do they kind of just get over it? And then it's not something that they think about, or is it more tied to their identity? And then that, that really like, like how does that play out when they don't have the ability to really express themselves? Yeah. I think that that's, it's so hard because there are so many um, folks out there who live in non-accepting communities or family systems. Um, and, you know, without support, without openness, without people who, who kind of got your back no matter what, you might choose to try and push down your sense of otherness and by otherness I mean non-cis non-straight identity um you might try and push that down you might try and ignore it you might you know if you're a girl you might just date boys and just try never to think about the fact that you don't want to be dating boys or that you know you don't actually want to kiss these boys that you're going on dates with right um or you might if you are other gendered you might like end up playing up your you're assigned at birth gender. So you, if you're a boy, you might wear like hyper-masculine clothing. Or um, if you're a girl, you might like try and be really, really girly um, just to try and fit in and try and kind of push down and ignore what's happening. I think that unfortunately, sometimes that is the only way to survive for folks who live in really unaccepting cultures or family structures. Um you know, and, and my my hope and wish is for that those folks who are trying to just make it through because that's the only way to make it through is that at some point they're able to, you know, live independently as an adult and fully embrace 
their identity, whatever it might be. Um, sometimes that doesn't happen. Sometimes people just um, stay in a place of non-acceptance of self for a long, long, long time. Even if they had, you know, somewhat accepting families or cultures, because being in the LGBTQ plus community is stigmatized, sometimes people just don't come out to themselves for years and years. What are some things that you notice, like throughout history, um, when it comes to people sort of suppressing these different types of feelings and um, identifications of who they are, and you know, when when do you start to see that kind of shift in in modern history to be where we are at, where we are today? You know. That's kind of an interesting point, Ben, because I think that actually throughout history, there have been periods of time and or cultures that are much more accepting of other gender or other sexual identity than maybe our American culture has been over the past, you know, 200 years. Um, so like you think about there are cultures from South America, where there are, it is like a prized thing. Um, and like, like, um, what are my words? Someone who becomes a healing person who is other gender. They're, you know, sometimes referred to as third gender person, but they're like the wise one in the village, right? And so it's not only accepted, but celebrated. Um, and there have been throughout time, it, it's very common for, say, men to have lovers who are other men. And that's not only common, but totally accepted and out in the public view, right? So I think that in reality over history, this has been, whatever terminology has been used around that, it's been really common. But in American society, American culture, it's been very much looked down on and stigmatized. So, you know, thinking about kind of more recently over the past 60, 70 years, it's been, you know, we've had all kinds of riots and push for recognition for the LGBTQ plus community. Um, and I think that, you know, kind of fast forward to um, when the marriage equality act was passed federally in 2015, that that, it became much more a topic on the national stage. Um, I, I think what I've seen since, since then, like in the last 10 years even, is that kids who are um, in middle school and high school are much more open and accepting of exploring this for themselves and much more open and accepting of other kids exploring this that's not to say that everybody's cool with it, right? I know that there's still plenty of kids who face all kinds of terrible consequences from their peers, right? For being other gender or other identity. Um, but I do see a huge shift happening um, just culturally. And I think there was something like, there was 70% mm, of Americans in a very recent poll were uh, in favor of gay marriage, which is a huge change. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, the, it's, things are shifting quickly. I think, um, 
in this country, we place a high value, depending on whether you're Democrat or Republican, I think it's pretty similar, on freedom, right? So like to be able to do what you want to do, um, I think we've, we've, we've really kind of warmed up to this idea that when it comes to marriage and when it comes to these other ideas of who you want to be with, it should apply the same way. But it's interesting that you mentioned, um, you know, throughout history, there were cultures that looked at things totally different. Yeah, you know, I think the most important thing as far as feeling comfortable in who you are is finding community. Um, So whether or not that's other peers, I mean, hopefully other peers who might identify as LGBTQ plus or um, having access to your elders, you know, it could be someone in their twenties, thirties, forties, sixties, whatever, who also identifies as part of LGBTQ plus community. I think that that is the most important thing is just having kind of camaraderie and example of other folks who also might have experienced similar struggles to you. What what can we do to be more comfortable with our both sexual um, and gender identity um, and and where we are on the LGBTQ plus uh, spectrum? And, and, And if we don't have that, um, immediately available to us, like uh, someone that we looked up, we look up to, or even somebody that we know. Um, what are some other things that we can do to just remember that we are, you know, okay to be who we are? A couple of things. One, the internet is great because it connects us to all kinds of people. Um, so there's possibility that you could actually find some connection to other peers or elders who are LGBTQ plus in that way. Um, beyond that. You know, there, there can be a lot of power in, um, even if you are not publicly out, consciously and actively being publicly out or being privately out to yourself. So, you know, on days when it feels hard and you feel really alone and isolated, saying to yourself, yeah, today kind of sucked, but also I know that I'm gay and I know it's okay. Right. So even if you can't say that to anyone else or share that with anyone else, being able to reinforce to yourself that you are that thing and it is okay is important. I mean, media is is a great way. Hopefully people can can listen to this. But also, I think in the depictions of um, our characters and stories that we tell as well is a great way to. Absolutely. Yeah. And, And there's so much more mainstream media that is starting to include folks on the LGBTQ spectrum or in that community. Um, so I think that that's really powerful as well. Same with like, you know, elected leaders and people that um, are holding higher office and things of that nature. Um, you know, we're making a lot of progress now in 2021. Um, and so that's really great to see people in those role model positions, right? I just want to touch upon this really briefly with you about talking about having the conversation with people that might not be either understanding or accepting of your place on the spectrum or uh, your sexual and gender identity. Um, how would you, how would you start that conversation? Sure. So I think probably the first most important thing is to think about safety. And I don't mean just physical safety, although that does matter. Um, but think about emotional safety. Is this person that you're wanting to talk to someone that you trust 
even if you know they don't necessarily agree or you're not sure how they're going to feel about it, is, are they someone that in the past you've been able to trust that has responded kindly to you? Um, so that's kind of above all. If that person is not someone that has responded kindly to you or has not been particularly trustworthy, then maybe they are not worth your time and effort in telling them this really vulnerable, scary thing right now. Um, so, you know, I think about that with a parent that it may or may not be worth talking to a parent, especially if a parent has expressed really negative views about LGBTQ plus people, not that you never would tell them, but it might be important to think about when you choose to tell them. It might be that you wait until say you're out of the house, you're in college or you're working at a job that may not feel safe until you're out of the house, which is hard. It's hard to hold on to that. Um, but if you know that someone is generally kind to you, is generally trustworthy, but you're not really sure how they're going to interact or how they're going to react to this news, one of the best things you can do is to start that conversation by saying, hey, there's something I want to say and I'm really scared to say it. I'm really nervous about saying this because then it sets that other person up to be aware that this is hard that maybe they need to be gentle with you. Um, you can say, I'm really scared to tell you this. And you can also request that they not say anything back. If you're really not sure how they're going to feel about it, you could say, I'm scared. I want to tell you something, but I, I want you to wait to say anything back to me. And we can talk about it again tomorrow. Um, and then when you're telling someone something that's hard, that feels hard for you to say, it's important to just be direct, to not kind of hem and haw, like not say, oh, well, I think maybe perhaps it's a possibility that maybe, I don't know, I might be gay, right? Because then it gives that the other person room to also question what you're saying, right? So if you're able to say, I'm scared to say this, I don't think I'm ready to hear your reaction yet. So maybe we can talk about it again tomorrow. The thing I want to say is I'm gay. It's going to not give room for the other person to question. That's really great. Really great tips. Um, okay. So let's talk about the, the last bit here with the action plan. Um, the, the, the topic uh, is where am I on the LGBTQ uh, plus spectrum? Um, so when you're wondering that and, and thinking about how to make a plan to understand where your place is, um, not necessarily where it may be in the future, right? Because we, you know, we discussed like how things some sometimes can be slightly dynamic. But um, just in the time and place that you are right now, and you're trying to put yourself on the spectrum and figure that out, what are some what are the steps um, that we can take uh, to really understand that better? Um, a first step, and, and I can't emphasize this enough, is just to be patient with yourself, and that you may not be able to come up with an answer right away. Um, and, and along with that patience is to give permission to yourself uh, that it's okay to be any of the possibilities. So number one is just be kind to yourself. Number two, uh, I, I encourage you to spend time journaling or free writing. And what I mean by free writing is just sitting down with a piece of paper or with a blank computer screen in front of you and just setting a timer 
for 20 or 30 minutes and just writing whatever the words are in your head. They don't have to make sense to anybody else. They don't have to like be complete sentences, but just downloading the thoughts that are in your head and putting them on paper. Um, and, and spending time doing that um, frequently, right? It could be once a week, it doesn't matter, but doing it in a recurring basis. Because a lot of times when we have all these jumbled up thoughts in our heads, they don't make sense until we start taking them out of our head and into the world. So journaling. Um, another thing would be if you have friends that you trust, talking, talking it out to them. Same thing as the free writing, but just talking, right? Saying it out loud. It could be trusted friends. It could be a school counselor. It could be someone at a church. If you have an accepting church or um, synagogue, place of worship, um, it could be also that you ask your parents for help finding a therapist, right? So finding somewhere to talk. Um, the, the last action step is to Again, kind of I talked about this earlier, but the idea of the spectrum of attraction from zero to 100 and um, getting out a piece of paper, drawing a line on that, write zero on one side, write 100 on the other, draw three lines, and then without really thinking too hard about it, just kind of mark down on those lines how far towards zero or 100 you are for being uh, attracted to male people, female people, or other people. Don't think too hard. Just write it down. And then also doing the same for gender. So identifying as male gender, 0 to 100, female gender, 0 to 100, and other genders, 0 to 100. And just marking it down. And then revisit that. Like, say, every couple of months, draw a new line. See where you fall that day. Give yourself permission all of the possibilities. That's great advice. And I love the idea of being okay, um, be, you know, not knowing and being patient because I think we, we always want to, we always sort of want to answer things quickly. And sometimes the, um, I've, I've realized in other aspects of life, like you just have to kind of be comfortable with not always having that answer right away. All right. Well, Emily, thank you so much for coming on the show. This has been a great talk and um, I've, I've, I've personally learned a lot um, and I hope that we can start having these conversations more uh, because it's, it's so needed in today's world. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me, Ben. I really appreciate it. That's all for part two of our interview with Emily Bridge. If you haven't listened to part one yet, be sure to check it out. And join us again in two weeks for another informative interview about mental health topics that you've told us you're interested in. Thanks for listening to All Teens Considered.